Benfica Podcast is one of the founding partners or founding projects of Benfica Independent. Uh, BenficaIndependent.com is a site where you can find tons and tons of content. Our podcast included Brinco do Batista, Benfica FM, along with uh, uh, audio uh, recaps uh, of games, a lot of podcasts about modalidade, if that's your thing and you want to keep up uh, with the modalidade, but you really don't have the time uh, on your schedule to watch the modalidade on BTV, you can now catch the recaps and also modalidade talk on Befig Independent, along with a lot of uh, uh, opinion articles, uh, all independent, everyone with their own opinion. There's no agenda between a Befig uh, Independent. The only thing is that we just want what's best uh, for the club. Uh, Befig Independent is also on Patreon with two levels of support, one at two and one at five. Uh, and I believe the five gets you some uh, free swag. So uh, if you like the content and if you like what's produced on there, uh, please do support us uh, by going to uh, patreon.com backslash Benfica Independent. Calma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É uma paixão para explicação. Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser do Benfica. Eu sinto o que é ser do Benfica. Mas de facto uma paixão. E as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão. É paixão, paixão, paixão. Ser Benfica. Até à morte. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Doll Benfica podcast. Episode number 405 is what we're up to tonight. My name is Alfredo Fumasas with you always. Uh, also with you always, Dave Oliveira. What's happening, Dave? Nothing much, Alfredo. Great to be back on 405. Just felt like yesterday we're doing 400, but uh, great to be back on here chatting with the boys. And Cristiano Oliveira is also here. What's happening, Cristiano? Bom dia, boa tarde, bo no, what is it? Bom dia, boa tarde, boa noite. Right? That's how you say it, right? Good afternoon. Yeah. Well, I screwed that all up. But what's going on, everybody? Here we are. How you doing? Um, it, it, it's been kind of a, a, a rocky, uh, in terms of football world, uh, a rocky couple of days with the announcement of the Super League and the, the clubs that were involved and the outcry uh, from fans, the outcry from pundits. Um, we want to just get that out of the way. And I know that Cristiano always has a, a, just, a, a different know. view on, on, on things and not necessarily right on the chopping block right no, before we even get off the starting gate. But not necessarily, you know, in favor or uh, against it. I think you just you just bring up a good good points in regards to the Super League. Me, I really don't care about the Super League. I just want Bifiga to win every game. I, I could care less about the Super League, about the millions. I just want Bifiga to win. That's all I want. Chris. What the, let, let's start at the beginning. What, what was your reaction when you first heard about the Super League, man? I don't like it the way, look, the way it was presented to us, I'm not a fan. The fact that you're going to get 15 teams that can't get relegated, yada, 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 that to me is just a crock of crap. But the arguments on the other side as to as to why there should not be a league, because of greed, because of money, because it's going to kill fans. All this crap. Look, at the end of the day, fans, as far as I know, and again, I just want to start off and reiterate, I'm not a fan of that Super League, the way it was proposed. 
I am a fan of a league. I think that there needs to be a change. I don't like the Champions League the way it is. I think there needs to be. So I, and again, I'm, I don't really have the, the greatest uh, example, the greatest ideas to come, you know, to start off here. But I think there's a couple of tweaks that I, you know, I could possibly mention that could make this Super League a little bit more worthwhile. But at the end of the day, I didn't like it the way it was presented. That being said, this whole thing about the fans, as far as I know, let's just say the Super League was to go ahead, which is not going to go. It's not going to go forward. But let's just say it was to go forward. What, the fans are not allowed to come to the games? What happened? The fans, this whole for the fans, for the fans. What, the fans, they're still allowed to go to games. They're still allowed to buy tickets, right? You're still allowed to watch it on TV. Uh, so all these arguments, money-wise, it's greed by Real Madrid. It's greed by Milan. It's greed by Manchester United. Well, at the end of the day, the greediest people in the room is UEFA and FIFA. They're the greediest people in the room. So you're complaining about Real Madrid and Barcelona being greedy, yet you're okay with UEFA being greedy. So it's just those those arguments. I get the whole thing that, you know, competitive balance and yada, yada, yada. But, I mean, we, we do to some extent have that now. You know, there are the big sharks and then there's the, the, the little boys, the little fishy, the fishies that are swimming around at the bottom of the ocean. And hopefully, you know, once in a while, they surprise a shark from behind and they catch them napping. But most of the time, it's 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 the same teams over and over and over again. Um, so, I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know how I feel, Alfredo. I, I, I think that there needs to be some type of, 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 of revolution in world football. I do agree with some other statements. I do agree that, you know, we shouldn't, we shouldn't have a Real Madrid, Manchester United once every 10 years, unless they're making it to like the semifinals or the finals of the Champions League. If they're not making those types of runners, sometimes, you know, obviously it's the luck of the draw, right? But, you know, these big time games, this is what the fans want to see. And at the end of the day, it's not about the fans. They don't care about the fans. You're going to pay up the ass to go watch the regular Champions League as it is right now, and you're going to pay up the ass to go watch the Super League. You're going to pay regardless. TV contracts are going up. Player salaries are going up. Admission into the into the stadiums is going up. You know, the, the concession stands, everything. At the end of the day, gradually, everything goes up. It's not about the fans. Anybody that tells you it's about the fans is BS. Because if it was about the fans, we could get into games for 20 bucks. And it's not the case. So I look at it as, and again, I'm not a fan of it, but I'm just making the argument on the other side because you're defending the biggest the biggest jerks in the world, which is FIFA and UEFA. They're the biggest hogs. They hog up every single penny that comes in. There's billions of dollars in TV, uh, in TV money every year. If you win the Champions League, you're making like $110 million or euros, whatever it is. And there's billions that are coming in. So somebody's going to eat it. So I look at it this way, right? And this happens a lot in American sports, and, and I'm not going to get into American sports here, but I could do the whole thing MLB where the players get 51% and the, or the opposite. Owners get 51% of revenue. The players get uh, 49%. That's why these guys are making 30 40 $50 million a year because that money has to be distributed one way or another. The players are going to get that big chunk of money. And so in football, it's like this. Real Madrid takes a gamble and spends $250 million to acquire Cristiano Ronaldo from Manchester United. And then on top of it, they give him a $300 million contract over the next, whatever, six years, right? They're taking a $550 million gamble. And if it goes kaboom, they lost. Where FIFA never loses. They're the ones taking the gambles. FIFA, UEFA. They're taking the gamble. They're taking a huge risk. So I think that they should make the money. Because at the end of the day, you're not going out there to watch UEFA. You're going out there to watch Ronaldo, to watch Real Madrid, to watch Benfica, to watch, you know, Jonas, to watch whomever. 
peasy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I, I'm just I know I see a lot of people shitting on this new proposal, and I'm not a fan of it as well. But, you know, to defend, to make the defense that it's about the fans, it's about, bro, it's it's not about the fans. If it's about the fans, these tickets, these teams will make the apparel, everything. Bro, you go buy a Benfica shirt, it's 90 bucks. For us in America, North American, Dave and, and Alfred, you know, 90 bucks is a lot of money, but we were okay. You get what I'm saying? But for a Portuguese person, Making six, seven hundred euros, a, you know, a month, ninety bucks is a lot of money to them. And then you go to a game to us, twenty-five euros is cheap to them. It's a lot. You get what I'm saying? Like, it's not like you're not going to have the Super League, and all of a sudden, ticket prices are going to be dropped. Everything's going to be about the fans. It's not. And just wait until you see now next year when when the fans are starting to come back into the stadiums and the pandemic is over. These tickets are going to go through the roof. So anyone that's telling you that it's about greed by these teams or people that are jealous because they're not in it. That's that's the way I look at it. But and again, and, and, and I'm not saying that that league should go through, but I think that the, the, this next proposal, this proposal that was made by UEFA to what's going to go from what to 36 teams now. Right. And in the championship yeah. starting 20. That's I'm not crazy about that neither. No, it's just UEFA is doing everything they can to hold on to authority to make sure that all the money comes. So we're going to make a couple of tweaks just to say we made tweaks because we don't want to lose this competition because we're making buckets and buckets and loads of money. And we want to make sure we keep making it. Yeah. So there is no correct alternative here. Right. It's just an opinion. Right. But. The one thing, I guess a couple of tweaks real quick, and, and I'll end there real quick because I know I've been talking too much. But I, I'd make a tweak at the top with, with this with this proposed, you know, uh, Super League, right? Which would be, it's very simple because I think it, it's more a lot more inclusive. There's always turnover at the top, and I think a lot more teams will be okay with this, right? Which is, you take the three teams from Portugal, you take three teams from Spain, three teams from France, three teams from Germany, yada, 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 from the top six, seven, you know, coefficiencies, whatever, in, in Europe, right? You put those teams in this Super League, right? And I'm going to use the example, Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid, Barcelona, right? Pick a team, whatever. Atletico Madrid wins the Super League. They're champions. Real Madrid finishes third. Barcelona finishes fourth, right? They're top four at the table. They should never get relegated. Very simple. The third team from that country gets relegated automatically. And then in their own league, whatever team is next, Sevilla, if they're behind, they're in fourth place, they're the best next in best position, they get promoted. There's always turnover, and they're always making money. Everybody's making money. I, and then you get all those huge matchups. And I don't want to, and I, with all due respect, I don't want to hear from the Jubilee Sense of the world, from, you know, the Sheffield Wednesdays. What are, these teams are never going to play in the Champions League as is now. They're okay with the Champions League now, but they're not okay with that. Those teams, I mean, with all due respect, they're not going to make it anyway. You know, it's like me. There's, hey, Dave, is there a chance, right? Is there a slim chance that I could date Kim Kardashian? Yeah, there's a possibility, but we all know it ain't going to happen. Hey, she's on the market. She's on the market. That's why there's a slim possibility. But we all know it ain't going to happen. So I don't want to hear from this. You'll be censored. With all due respect, there's a possibility they're going to make the Champions League, right? We all know it's not going to happen. So I, I think if you were to do that, and so then you do the same thing in Italy, a, a, a Milan, uh, Inter, Juve, whichever, whatever team comes in third from that p- specific country, they get automatically relegated. There is no, like, you got to finish 17, 18, and 19, or I mean, 18, 19, 20. So I think that, I think more teams will be okay with it. But now anybody can get relegated as opposed to just 15. 
And, you know, oh, I was 15. We're too good. We're not getting. No, I think that I have a problem with that. But I think if you tweak it, I think world football needs some type of, you know, a little tweak because I think a lot of stuff we see as well, man. It's I get what the teams say. You know, I get it's it's important for 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 Benfica to play Real Madrid, right? But Madrid fans don't really. I'm joking with Benfica, but you pick one of those small sides, right? In in what is it, Kazakhstan, whatever. One of those small sides. Yeah, uh, those teams care, but the big team Barcelona fans don't really care. They're not going to travel to a game like that at the end of the day. They don't care. So yeah. And Chris, you and I are from the days where the Champions League only was accepted the, the champions from each country. Um, and that's where you saw uh, historical match matchups with Red Star and, and, and teams from the, the Eastern Bloc uh, mm-hmm. that played in, in, I mean, a lot of historical matchups with Benfica were with some of those teams. And and, and look, as a, a champion of a country, you should be awarded to, or you should make your way to a competition like that. Uh, but certainly uh, UEFA is makes more money than God. Um, I was reading an article today that uh, 40% of the tickets for the Champions League final are allocated to corporate sponsorships. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, it, it's not about there, the fans. There ain't no fans at those games. There's barely any fans at those games. And then you look at FIFA, you look at FIFA, the World Cup organizers, right? Where they go to third world countries like Brazil and they make these countries look in Portugal as well, right? You make these countries build these ginormous stadiums and they spend billions of dollars in infrastructure and not a single penny of ticket sales goes to that country or to the Federation. Everything goes back to FIFA. Like they're greedy. So my point is, and I'm not defending the Super League. My point is, if you're going to critique the Super League for being greedy, just look at the organizing bodies <laughs> today. They're greedy. So you're okay with Alfredo robbing a bank, but then the minute Cristiano does it, you have a problem. At the end of the day, we're both robbing a bank. There is no, there yeah. is no correct way about it. So that's my only, and I always like to look at things the op, a little differently. And so you're defending one organization. They're a bunch of thieves to criticize another one. At the end of the day, I feel, I feel. If you're gonna, if somebody deserves the money, is it UEFA or is it the team that's taking a gamble on buying Cristiano Ronaldo? Look, they bought Kaká and he was terrible. They wound up losing money on that deal. I see FIFA injecting extra money to them to bail them out. You know these clubs always get extra money, but you know what I'm saying. FIFA didn't feel UEFA didn't feel bad for them. Gareth yeah. Bell's been a disappointment the last three years. You don't see UEFA pumping in money to pay us. They're taking all the gamble. So my only point is, if you're going, if in my opinion, if somebody if somebody deserves the money, it's the team that's taking. Not not these organizations that at the end of the day are doing nothing. They're just monopolizing. They're, that's all they're yeah. doing. They're like you said, they're capitalizing on the on the club's gambles and on the club's organization and and performance um, when it comes down to it. And then I hear, and then I hear people, right? I've read on Twitter all these, you know, criticizing the Super League. But yet you go on their Twitter handle and then they're, you know, they're backdrop and everything and they got NBA logos and they love the NBA. NBA is, is a Super League. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. It's a Super League. Ain't nobody complaining that my New York Knicks who've been a Trojan for the last 20 years have never been relegated. <laughs> you know, there they isn't a, they should have fine. That, that's fine, Dave. There is no there's not a single player playing. And look, there's tremendous basketball leagues. For those of you that don't know, Spain is considered the second best league in the world. Turkey, Greece, 
You have Russia. There's plenty. You know, Italy's always had a league. Even Portugal's got a league. There's plenty of countries that have their own independent basketball leagues. But everyone is okay understanding that the NBA is the cream de la crop. You know what I mean? But you want to criticize soccer when you're a huge supporter of a closed system in the NBA or the NHL. I, I think, again, you have to think about before spewing these thoughts out, you have to think about what it is that you support yourself. You're okay with one thing, but you're not okay when it's the exact same thing. At the end of the day in football, whether the club or UEFA, somebody's going to eat. So it ain't going to be us, the fans, unfortunately. Yeah. We're not going to get any breaks. They're not. You try to sub, you know, subscribe to FUBU. What is it, like 40 bucks a month nowadays? So, like These games are getting more expensive and expensive, and they don't care. To give you the shit that it's about the fans, it's not. Unfortunately, guys, I'm sorry. It's not about us anymore. No. They care about the bottom the bottom line, which is money in their pocket. And if you got to freaking get a loan to go to a game and you miss your mortgage payment, that's your problem. If it's like you remember years ago, Alfredo, you ain't got no <laughs> money, but you commit, vai commit. They don't care if that's conform. You know, at the end of the day, yeah. they care about their money. It's not about us. So but- stop telling me that it's about us. Yeah, I mean, even even the controversy that's going on in Qatar, right, with the uh, with the conditions uh, in terms of these people that are building or that have been employed to build these infrastructures that are undergoing poor, very poor treatment by the government and by the officials over there. And does FIFA do anything about it? Not no. just treatment, Alfred. Tens and tens of people have died. Yeah, where 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 is all of us? How come nobody's the like? Think about all of a sudden, everyone is defending UEFA. <laughs> UEFA <laughs> like that's how I like these clubs. I guess they've done such a shit job in presenting this that that people are defending UEFA or FIFA. Like the organizers that have been corrupt, the organizers that are pocketing every cent that they possibly could, putting it in their own pocket. And now you want to criticize Florentino Perez? Fine, is he greedy? Hundred percent, guys. I agree. But what are the other guys? So you. Don't want to pay Florentino, but you're okay with paying UEFA. Somebody's going to get your money, brother. It's Your money's gone. You want to watch football? It's going to go out of the pot. Unless you get one of those Kasha, Kaiwari Piratas, the IP. That's the only way you're going to get over on them. Yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, we've already seen a couple couple people fall. Mourinho uh, was sacked, and, and rumor was it that he uh, kind of stood up, stood up to ownership in terms of not wanting the team to to participate in the Super League. Well, think about it. These guys can't compete in in the in the Premier League, and you want them to go in a Super League. <laughs> Mourinho's thinking, guys, like Arsenal. You know, what I mean, these teams are eleven to twelve place, but they want to come on, bro. So look, yeah. I, and uh, credit yeah. to Mourinho. I'll say this, and, to, and I'll be quiet. I'll say this. It, this this Super League was such huge news that Mourinho gets fired, and it was like the backstory. Nobody was even paying attention to it. Jose Mourinho got fired, and it was a secondary, a third story. Nobody was even so. Yeah. It's, that goes to show you how big of a story it was. Yeah, word is that uh, Ed Woodward is is out of Manchester. He United resigned. Also. Uh, Agnelli from, Agne- Juventus from Juventus resigned. Yeah, so I mean, I've I've also seen the joke. I've also I've also read the joke. I should say. That obviously these these you know these quote unquote managers right these presidents whatever you want to call them directors from two you know world's biggest teams uh, uh, Man United and Juventus that their directors stepped down. I've read something today like it, it, is it too late for Benfica to join in because then maybe that's how Aurelius steps down. Maybe he resigns. So I've, I've seen that joke. So credit to them uh, for making us laugh a little bit. But Dave, you're over there quiet. You're obviously in North America. You're a guy that follows the closed systems, right? The closed leagues and NHL and NBA as much as MLB is a little bit different, but two, 
two leagues that are worldwide that that sport is, you know, NHL, any NBA. Um, you're very familiar with those. What do you, what, do you, what are your thoughts on this? Don't, I mean, please. I mean, if I'm going to get beat up, let me, let, let's get beat up together. Don't let me get beat up by myself. <laughs> no, like I said, I was, we're definitely interested to get your uh, side of, of it. Cause from what, uh, like you've said, it, they didn't really present this uh, super league uh, the best that they, they could have, but I always just saw it as a, as a, a bargaining chip for them to get money out of UEFA and, and FIFA. I never thought that there I would actually, uh, go through with this uh, this league. I always just thought as a negotiation or a bargaining uh, chip. So, like we've seen uh, now as we record this, um, majority of the teams have uh, decided to go against the uh, the Super League, and now uh, it looks like UEFA is going to get some uh, third party investment from uh, UK uh, investment firm to pump some more money into their uh, Champions League. So. At the end of the day, like Cristiano said, it's not about the the fans. It never has been about the fans, and it never will be. It's about money. So if UEFA is able to get this uh, third-party loan to satisfy these uh, bigger clubs, I think at the end of the day, the Super League was just a negotiation uh, tactic. So, Dave, I'm glad you brought that up, which, again, ties back up, comes back around to my question. One way or another, these clubs are going to get more money. So you're going to be okay with Real Madrid getting 100 more million bucks because it's UEFA giving them to them as opposed to them running their own. Like I said, they're going to get their own money. At the end of the day, money's going to be coming from both parties. They don't care about the fans. It's all of a sudden this new Chamber League format, unless Benfica miraculously starts getting out of the group stage, which we know we've had such a difficult time doing so, right, we're still not going to get that piece of the cake. Yeah. No. Or not, and you know what? I thought this this pandemic, when we we were first going through this uh, pandemic, that it was going to be able to reset the market, and because we saw that the the player values just be uh, become uh, a little bit outrageous there. So I thought we were going to get a kind of a market reset on the player uh, on the transfer fees and the agent fees, but it's a uh, pandemic or not. These these uh, values of the player, they're just going to continue going up and up, and. Like you said, when it comes time to the fans going back to the stadiums, ticket prices are going to go up, popcorn's going to go up, beers are going to go up, everything's going to go up, and uh, we're the ones that are going to have to suffer, not these uh, these rich clubs. Yeah. Anyway, back to us uh, poor folk, and, and certainly Benfica um, compared to these big sharks is poor, regardless of what Dorella says. Uh, but the uh, uh, we got a little bit of sidetrack, but I, I thought there was, you know, as football fans that uh, all three of us are and, and that a, a lot of the listeners uh, to our podcast are, I felt that it was uh, interesting to uh, share some of our thoughts um, on it. Uh, but let's get back to the matter at hand uh, with our podcast. Tonight, we're going to be looking back at uh, the Gil Vicente game by Benfica, and we'll look ahead to the Portimonense game, which happens this Thursday um, as we record this on uh, Tuesday. Uh, so, Gil Vicente, um, let's uh, let's start with the lineup. Elton was in goal, Verissimo, Otamendi, Vertonghen, the three uh, across the back. Gonçalves, Weigel, uh, and Grimaldo um, could be the, the three center, the three midfielders, and then Tarapt in front of Weigel. I, I don't know, however you want to look at this. Rafa on one side, Walshmid on the other, and Seferovic. Um, up front, really a repetition of, of the last game of Mifika's last game. Um, and look, I, I super surprised about the, the result, about the game. 
uh, about the attitude. Well, maybe I'm not so surprised about the attitude, right? But but really, uh, as we were seeing Benfica get on a streak here and 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 consolidate some of their processes and 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 bring some of that JJ type football uh, together, uh, this Gil Vicente game was a game that I thought we could have easily won, especially playing at Stade Luz, but Gil Vicente had other plans. Uh, they came to Stade Luz and, and played eye-to-eye at Benfica. They were organized. They were solid defensively, um, and they really took advantage of, of Benfica's passiveness. Um, couple, The first couple chances belonged to, uh, to Gil Vicente. They were actually on the board in the 35th minute. Um a lot of people have uh, have talked about this 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 three center back uh, setup, and and the way I I look at it is that I don't really when you look at at the three center back setup, uh, you could look at it in, in one way. You could look at it as um, a, a super defensive one, or you could look at something that is that is sufficient uh, for a team that needs more men in the midfield. That means means more men in the, in the final third. And that's the way I look at it. Uh, you have three quality center backs uh, that could defend uh, well, that could defend against most teams that come to side lose that they're going to play with one, one forward. And then you got Gonçalves and Grimaldo that need to spend a lot of time in the final third and helping out in, in the transition phase of, of the game um, and the offense, really. So I don't have a problem with the 4-4-2 or the 3-5-2, whatever you want to call it, as long as those two guys on the side are doing their jobs in the attacking third. Cristiano, I don't know what your thought is. Uh, I don't know if against most of the Portuguese league, we should just play on a 4-4-2 with the the four defenders, or if you think that the three-defender setup is something that you'd like to see. First off, I want to start off by... uh apologizing because I, I think I, I, I foresaw this and I warned everybody on Twitter that I'm back now. And, uh, you know, I don't know if I, if I should stay away or not. We're on a six game win streak. And then it's just it's my luck be it. I came back and, and all of a sudden we dropped the game. Uh, so apologies. And if I had anything to do with that, hopefully I'll change the next game. Um, get back to your question. Alfredo, I, um, as you know, We've talked a lot on air over the years and off the year. I, I absolutely, if my favorite, if I'm a coach today, you, you name me a coach of any team in the world, and I have the players. Obviously, you need a couple of horses. I'm I'm, I'm playing a three five two or three five one one, whatever it may be. But three five, that's I, I absolutely love it because you got the two guys on the outside. Obviously, two extra attackers, two extra defenders. Bah, 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 bah. All that being said, now I've been on board with JJ switching it back and forth depending on uh, on the opposition. All right. But I think in a game like this, and I guess it's, you know, Monday morning quarterback in the very next day, obviously we all know the results, a lot easier to critique. But that being said, I, I think in a game like this, where you know you're going to have plenty of the ball, I think he dropped the ball, right? No pun intended, but he, I, in a game like this, you need another guy in the midfield, aside from Adele Terapt, that could distribute, that could carry the ball. And and when you're coming in at home in a game, you know you're going to have a ton of possession, and there's only really one guy that could do that because, look, as much as we all like Luca Walshman, he hasn't been, I don't want to call it influential, but he hasn't been involved in a play as much as we all would have liked. And then you got Sferovic, it is what it is, and Rafa, who's a quick guy, but he's on the outside. There was only really one guy in the middle to distribute the ball, and that's the Delta Opt. And I think that's where Benfica, um, you know, uh, was, was lacking uh, in this particular game. I know we had 19 shots on goal. 
or 19 attempts on goal. Only one went on goal. I, I, we had a few chances, but it's just one of those games. Nothing went right for us. Um, it went back to our pre-COVID or COVID times where no matter what we did, it just it looked like the guys were disinterested. Nothing we tried came out. Um, it's just a very sloppy game. And credit to, to Gil Vicento, who did what they had to do. Okay, credit to them. But I just think that Benfica looked lackadaisical. Benfica looked uninterested. And maybe Benfica started to read and believing in a lot of the press that here we are, six games in a row, haven't given up a goal since 1940 or whatever it may be. Well, you know, we're back to being the greatest. And just when you expected Benfica to continue that that winning way, um, obviously they got slapped in the back of the head and it was like, okay, pa, corda, corda, because it just, it wasn't good. It was not about that game that was good. Dave, what what are your thoughts on this first half? And certainly probably one of the worst first halves that I've seen from Bifiki in terms of effort, in terms of sharpness. What what were what was your thought? Yeah, definitely uh the effort uh wasn't uh there, but the uh when we were getting into the final third there and putting it uh or giving the ball to uh my boy Seferovic uh he went back to his uh, pumpkin uh, form and he was either missing the uh, net completely or or uh, just uh, I can't even say that he put it on uh, right at the keeper because we only got the one shot on our target. So they were just complete uh, misses, like Cristiano said, 19 shots in total, but only one uh, on, on target. So when we did manage to uh, create something in the uh, the final third and we got it to Seferovic, uh, he just was not uh, putting his uh, chances and capitalizing on his chances. And could have been a completely different game if we were able to get one of those um, in the back of the net early in the uh, first half, forces Gilles Vicente to, uh, to open up a little bit. And like we've seen in the past with these uh, smaller clubs here in Portugal, once uh, they can see they got to come in and start playing some games. I know JJ at the end of the match had uh, some comments about the anti-Jogu from Jogu-Vicent, but to be He's honest... He's not wrong it, about that, Dave. It's despicable. Portugal is despicable, yeah. but go ahead. Yeah, but, uh, but they they did what they had to do, and, and for the most part, they actually had more intensity uh, than Benfica, especially in that, that first half. Yeah, no, I mean, second balls, just getting into our, our defensive third, just the, how easy they were able to get into defensive third, just with just simple passes, just staring through the defense. It was just, it just seemed too easy. It just seemed like this was what Benfica is supposed to be doing to these teams. But instead, it was them doing it to us. And, and it's just like, while I still have a, a little bit of a, a glimmer of hope that we could still finish the, the, the league in, in second place and even put a little bit of pressure on sporting uh, what this loss, man, is just, uh, I mean, what a, what a punch in a, in a, in a face uh, for me, extremely disappointed by the effort for the team. Uh, I think that there needs to be a, a serious talk at the end of the season between uh, the organization, between the, the coaching staff, between the players. And we need to find out, who wants to be here and who deserves to be here and who needs to go. And I think that there's, there's a number of players in, in my eyes that, that really don't belong in this team. Uh, and uh, if you're not interested in being here, then see you later, go play in a super league. I don't know. I mean, you uh, have guys that you could tell they're bothered, you know, they come yeah. into the game 
and they're just there to, you know, all right, let's get to the whistle. They, you could tell that they're dragging ass. They're not interested. Um, and that bothers me. You know, we talk about that all the time, Alfredo. You know, we want to see that attitude. We want to see that that commitment um, in every game, not just in every other game when things are going well for you. Because even as Benfica was losing, it was like the one thing we talk about, especially with me all the time, is urgency, 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 urgency. Yeah. And it's just there wasn't any. And it's very disappointing when when you started to believe, right? It goes back to the to the Arsenal game. We're up two to one, and you start getting that hope, right? And you start getting that aura, like hey, hey, and when you have that faith, and then all of a sudden stripped from you, it's 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 a punch right in the in the gut, man, and it's rough to recover from, and so. That's exactly what's happened here, right? Yeah. Um, we started to believe they were starting to get some wind in our sails, and here we but I'll say this much. I'll say this much. Better now than than you know, get things real close and then you know what I mean? So at least we won't suffer that yeah. much going forward. <laughs> and even We've already suffered enough. And even the, the 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 public displays of support by the fans, whether it's in the highway, whether it's at the uh exiting Seychelles. And it's just like, come on, man. These guys are actually taking their time. They're going out. They're showing your support despite the shitty season that you've had. But they're out there showing you that they still believe in you. They're they're encouraging you. Uh, and it's just like, man, it's not reciprocated by the team, man. And 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 that that is upsetting. That is upsetting as a fan uh, because we're here every week. Uh, and we all have personal lives and, and much like us, a lot of people that dedicate and have a lot of projects connected to Benfica uh, that take their time to put out projects. And it's just like there's there's no regard uh, for the fans. There's there's nothing, uh, nothing at all. Nothing. Go at all back to the, the Super League talk. They make it all about the fans. But then when it's time to show that back and reciprocate it back to the fans, it's like, yeah. Yeah. And that, uh, second half. um JJ made some some substitutions. Everything came in for Vrissim. Obviously, losing more nothing. You need to put another guy in, in the attacking third. I, I get that. Gil Vicente had the first good chance of the second half. And then, and then I, a couple substitutions that, um, I don't know, I, Tarapt. Um, Chris. Why do you take out Tarapt? Well, here's here's the thing. Here's the thing that I wanted to The do. only guy that's, that's doing what I want to be done, that's <laughs> yes. needed in this game. Gets taken out, and then here comes like. I just, um, but here's a, here's a, a logic that I'll run by you, right? Mm-hmm. Understanding that Tarapta has been going to Ramadan, going through Ramadan, right? Uh, and understanding that also Tarap has a point in the game where he runs out of gas. Do you think that this was something that maybe JJ was trying to Avoid. stay ahead of? Ahead mm-hmm. of it. That's the only thing yeah. I can think of, right? Because if that up under normal circumstances in the 60th minute, 65 minute, he's the guy that loses that gas, you know, now going through Ramadan and obviously we know, the, you know, the sacrifices that uh, that uh, uh, Muslim people are, are making during Ramadan. And, and if they observe Ramadan, obviously. But do you do you feel that this was driven by that? Because Tarapto uh, is clearly being our best guy. I mean, it, 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 that's got to be the only the only excuse, right? It's got to be the only reason why he took him out. Yeah. I mean, and if that's what it is, I can't really kill him for it. But I, I didn't necessarily like it. 
But we all have to understand if the guy could only go a certain amount of time due to the fact that he's, you know, dieting and and not dieting. What's it called? Um, he's uh, fasting. 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 Dieting. It could be uh, fasting could be a, a sort of dieting also, Chris. That's what I call it. I just I drink water all day. Um yeah, I mean if that's the reason, obviously you can't kill the guy for it. But I who was it that came in from? I forget. Was it PT? Uh oh, it was PZ. Okay. So uh, <laughs> added nothing. Which which really, yeah. I just I didn't understand some I didn't understand that change again. I didn't understand at the time, but I completely forgot about that he was going through Ramadan. So now I guess it's been excused in my mind, at least in my book, it's been excused. There's right? a little bit of logic to it, right? Yeah, Whether there, that was there the is reason logic. Or not. Yes. So then I guess I have to turn my attention back to, to Mr. PZ, which <laughs> I mean, the guy came into the game and it's like, you could tell, you could tell he's Mr. You know, pouting He's over there, you know, upset that, that he's lost his spot. And, and look, the fact of the matter is that, we talk about this hero. I remember you asking me about Ferro and all these competition, all these center backs coming in. And I said, bro, we all feel bad for certain players, yada, yada. But this big boy soccer, you need to be playing at that level. And the more competition that there is in that locker room, the better the rest of the team is because you have to pick up your level of play. And it seems like there's a group of players on this team that when things didn't go, don't go their way, they pout. And and I'm not saying that PZ's pouting, but it, it, he didn't do anything in this game that's telling me he wasn't pouting. You know what I mean? So um, I think a lot of guys, you said that there needs to be a serious conversation with the front office management and the coaching staff. I think these players need to have serious conversations with themselves. I often talk about here on a podcast of how you have to look at yourself in a mirror. And trust me, I talk to myself in a mirror a lot. And, and surprisingly enough, it doesn't talk back to me, but I try. I try to get answers. Um, but these players need to get answers. These players need to talk and and really dig deep and and and, and you know, ask themselves what it is that they could do to be better. Because as we've mentioned here, and again, I hate beating a you know dead horse with a stick, but this club has gone out of their way, right? To do everything they possibly could for these guys. They owe that. And again, I think I mentioned it. I, I know I definitely mentioned it off the air to you, Alfredo. Um, and, you know, I, I'm not sure if I mentioned it on a podcast, but I'll mention it here now, which was, we could all sit here and criticize Luis Fibieta as much as we want, right? And, and you guys know how I feel about him, right? I didn't just it didn't start last week. Um, but even he deserves much more from these players because he's the guy, the leader, the face, the guy that's made sure that these players were catered to every single say. I mean, you had people getting cats out of trees. These guys had everything done in, in play. Never missed and, a paycheck. And trust me, there's plenty of more behind the scenes that we're unaware of that went on with that club. These players have had everything go their way. This club has bent over backwards for them. And even he, Luis Liviera, needs more from these players than what they're giving him. I think it's just an absolute uh, disgrace that some of these players step onto this field with fans or no fans um, and just, you know, don't give it their maximum effort. Yeah. Um, you know, if he could try, they tried in the second half, but <laughs> just – uh, it wasn't wasn't good enough. Here's a question I got for you guys, Dave. I I, I, w- I wish I had the game because I would actually sit there for two hours and relive that misery just to take down the stats. Yo, and I hate to say this because I talked about it on last week's podcast, right? But I hate to be right. But did did uh 
Gonzalez, did, did he get did he get a single cross right? Because every cross he was no, making was going he, to the opposite I, I, corner I, flag. No, I watched the game. He had some good crosses. Oh yeah, some good ones. Okay, no, but I, a lot watched, of them. I watched a lot of them. And but here's here's boy on the other side. Well, here's the thing, Chris. You and I spoke before I actually watched the game because I couldn't watch the game live. Uh, and you and I spoke. I, I was obviously at your house on on Saturday Saturday night. Shh, shh. We're and, supposed uh, to be uh, social distancing. Bro. <laughs> And uh, somebody was yeah. on the first floor. Say, so, yeah, you guys were on the second floor. Yes. Yeah. And uh, and we were talking and, and you had said, uh, yeah, Gonzalez just didn't have a good game. And then when I watched the game back, I said, hmm, there was some bad crosses, but I, I didn't think he was as bad as you said, Chris. I don't think he was as bad as you said. When and again, I, I told you, if that's Gilberto, I'm OK with it. When it's a guy that's been an attacking midfielder his whole life, he's been a national team caliber player, and he's putting the ball to the opposite side of the f- I mean, he's kicking it out of bounds. I mean, I, there was a particular time where it must have been like three or four in a row. Boo, boo. I expect more, Alfredo. Was he terrible overall? No, I didn't say he was terrible. I said his crosses were terrible. I expect better. If it's a guy like a Gilberto that's played defense his whole life and the guy does his very best not to trip over the ball every time he goes forward with it, okay, I expect that. When it's a player that's an attacking player, a player that's played in Euros and World Cups with the youth national teams as an attacking midfielder, I expect better. Yeah, no, so I get that. Just maybe that. my expectations are a lot a lot higher than what you guys do, but I just I expect like there is no reason why a player of his caliber should be making a shit crosses that he was making consecutively, repeatedly in, in, in the second half that he was that that those types of crosses that he was making. It just to me, it, it's unacceptable. Yeah. So um two nothing by Gilles Vicente in the eighty first minute, and I think that uh, that put it all down. And Befica had uh at an own goal, but uh, how did Rafa miss that, guys? I mean, he did everything right. He's bad. like when Rafa's great, he's great. But then he's like, bro, he did everything right. He had the whole goal, and he shoots it at the goalie. And luckily, right, goalie made a save. Yeah, bounced off the player's leg, went in. We got him. Yeah. Hey, John Forms is there. Must come on, dude. Yeah, Dave, were you able to manage and keep it keep you cool um, watching the game, or what are your thoughts on this game, man? Yeah, I kept it as cool as uh, as soon as I saw it was two nothing. I shut it off. So uh, I saw on Twitter later on that we got the uh, the own goal to bounce back. But that's how uh, cool I kept it. As soon as I saw it was two nothing in the uh, 80th minute, I uh, closed that, turned off the game, and uh, tried to enjoy the rest of my Saturday afternoon because that definitely put a, a damper on the, uh, the the weekend mood. I don't turn it off, but what I do, Dave, and I don't think you should turn it off, Dave. You got to be there through the ups and the downs, and trust me, it hurts me. And not only does it hurt me, man, it leaves me in a sour, sour mood um, the rest of the day. But that being said, Dave, you're better than that. You're part of the Benfica podcast. You're a true diehard Benfica. You got to watch it. But what I do, what I do do, what I do do is the minute the referee goes and whistle in his mouth for the <laughs> – the three whistles he gets to the first one i'm already off that i don't i don't that's but i watch i i actually watch to the very last second and the minute that whistle starts going off oh i don't want to i don't want to hear no press conferences i don't want to hear excuses i don't want to hear nothing from anybody completely shut it off and then i try to gather my thoughts and uh usually i I call capitan alfredo i vent a little bit and then i feel better and then i just wait till tuesday to come on here and just talk gibberish yeah 
Xenu, do you think that the fact that we've played against 10 men in past few games has masked some of the issues that we've had all along this season? I'll tell you this much, it ain't hurt. <laughs> it sure as hell didn't hurt. I don't know if it's masked it, but it didn't hurt it. So, uh, of course, I mean, Alfredo, when you play 60, 70 minutes against 10 minutes, obviously going to be beneficial to you um, sometimes because Benfica's played with the 30 minutes against Porto with, with 10 men and uh, with Porto, actually the opposite, Porto with 10 men, and they look like they had 13 guys on the field as opposed to our 11. Uh, it just depends. It all depends on on, on the attitude, man, on, 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 on that toughness, on that, you know, the players giving it their all. So, it, obviously, as I've said, I guess 10, it's easy. But again, if the effort's not there, it doesn't matter. We can play against nine. Yeah. If we're not putting in that maximum effort, we're not gonna get we're not gonna get the points. I agree with you. Dave, numbers on this game so we can move on. Yeah, for sure. First loss to uh, shall be sent at home since uh, two thousand and five. Uh we've conceded a goal. So first time since uh February twenty fifth that Benfica conceded a, a goal. Uh Benfica's record after uh the 27th round of uh, games here this season. We've got 57 points, and this is our worst record uh, since 2008-2009 at this uh, late stage of the season. Who was the coach in 2008-2009? Do you know? Can you look that up real quick? Dave? Yeah, 2008-2009 had to be Coleman or Kike Flores. Oh, yeah, right? that was the year we had like four coaches, if I'm not mistaken. Was it Kike? <laughs> Might have been Kike. 2008-2009, uh, I remember when I first started my blog was or when Kike was around. It might have might have been Kike. Let's Kike, see. Yeah. Kike, Kike. Yeah, it Kike. might have been Kike. Kike. Yeah, it was. It was. Not Kike. Kike. Okay? Don't confuse the two. Kikas and Kike is two different things. Kike Flores. Yep. Was it him? Yep. Yeah. Yo, I'll go to Toys from Benfica. Vaquero Jr. But you don't want me to come. Okay, Vaquero. You don't want competition, bro. You don't want it. You don't want it from me, bro. Letting you know right now. I, I did cheat a little bit. I said him or Coleman. I think Coleman was two years pre, pre previous, but Coleman, yeah, Coleman was before. Coleman him. was uh was after Trapattoni, was he not? Yeah, I think so. I was after That's what I'm that was two years before. Yeah, nobody nobody pays attention to that. Coleman was the one that took us to the semifinals of the Champions League against Barcelona, if I'm not mistaken. Quarterfinals. Yeah. Quarterfinals. Quarterfinals. Quarterfinals, yeah. Um all right, so now we turn our attention to Portimonense. FM, you know where to find me. <laughs> we turn our attention to Portimonense. As I mentioned, the game happens this Thursday. Um, there is no games this weekend in, in Portugal because it's the 25th of April. Um, oh, I thought it was in protest to the Super League. <laughs> <laughs> or, or the confinement, I don't know. No, it's it's uh, the Vincent de Bril, uh weekend, which is uh, Sunday. And I, I believe that that is uh, one of the biggest holidays in in portugal as you guys know so also nobody... my dad's birthday oh well i didn't years. know that didn't it'll be 13 that. it'll be 13 years he passed uh in, on the 23rd and then the 25th uh it would have been his birthday so nice nice all right um what's Portimonense up to this uh this year under uh paulo what no what's his name uh paul sergio the man with no eyebrows they're currently in uh, ninth position uh, this season with 32 points uh, from nine wins, five defeats, 13 losses. Coming into this match, though, uh, winners of their last three against uh, Nacional Guimarães and Famalicão. So 
coming in uh, top form here against uh, Benfica. Historically, we've uh, won 35, drawn nine, and uh, one defeat. But the uh, last five against them, we've uh, they've given us some troubles. Only three wins, one draw, and uh, one loss. And the draw and loss has uh, occurred in Portimao, which we're, uh, we'll be going to on, on Thursday. Yeah. Coming in hot. Um, anyway, but uh, I was looking at the at the standings in in Portimonis at home. They have actually have the second best defensive record at home, uh, tied with Benfica with only seven goals allowed. They are only behind, or both Benfica and Portimonis are only behind Sporting. Uh, seven goals allowed at uh, in Portimão, uh, which is which is very good. And, and Paul Sergio has done a a good uh, a good job with them. Uh, they had that game against Porto, uh, obviously where they they had some fracas uh, between Ser, Paul Sergio and, and Conceição. Obviously, if you guys remember that, but uh, which yeah. they got a they slap on the back, slap on the back, a slap on the back by the league, by the league, by the league. Yeah, wasn't Portimonense? Wasn't Portimonense the team that ultimately sent? Vieta, uh, I was uh, trying to uh, figure that Vitoria out. Packing, yeah, yeah, the two on yeah. goals, the two on goals. Yeah, yeah, I was trying to figure that out whether it was Portimonense or Olianense. No, it was Portimonense. And then they, ironically enough, weren't they also the team that sent Laj home after the two-two? No, no, no. Lodge, no it was, was one two, game before. It might have been were, a game. Okay, but it was right around that time because it was two-zero no, second half, and we're lucky not to lose. That's the game he said he went to the to watch the ocean with the president and talked. Hey. Right? I, no, if I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken, they were our first match, uh, first game back from the pandemic break last season. And we tied. Yeah, we tied. I thought it was the second. I thought, okay, but whatever. The yeah, point is I that have... they've take, they've taken points from us over the last couple of, over the last three, four seasons. So yeah. three seasons, three seasons. No, it hasn't been well. And um, what are your expectations for this game, Chris? Do you think that the team is going to be wanting to bounce back? Or do you think that they have oh. resigned themselves that, it's 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 gone now. Alfred, you, you, you uh, I'm brother. asking you to look your 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 the, crystal the, ball. These questions are the total speculation on my part. I mean, because what I think makes sense, what I'm hoping to see, what I think a, a regular team will cojones would do. All right, and and, and you know, any other given Sunday, it, it, we just with this team, man. We, we, I don't know. I mean, I always expect Benfica to win every single game. Uh. So I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, if this team had any pride in, but again, we just look, man, go back previous to these, to the six game winning streak, right? <laughs> go back to those podcasts and just listen to, to our, you know, uh, prognostication going forward for the next game, right? Whatever, prognostic, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And just press replay. And it's the same thing. We <laughs> hope that this team shows up. We hope that they have pride. We hope they want to represent this club and they want to do the best that they very can. Yada, 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 yada. At the end of the day, I have no idea because yeah. I I thought if you would have asked me, we would we would have won this last game at home at home rather easily. We didn't, so uh, I don't know. Listen, one thing's for sure, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and dogs, everyone that's listened to this beautiful podcast, be back here next Tuesday night. <laughs> then we'll know because right now it's a crapshoot. Yeah, that's right. There's at least there's something you can count on, some sense of normalcy in that in that matter. Um, yeah, normal, normal to being back to the struggling. Yeah, to the back of the line. Yeah, yeah. Um, one last thing. I don't know if you guys got a chance to to see, but uh, both record and Bola 
uh, I had a, an article on supposedly Benfica's away jersey or alternative jersey for next uh, next season. It looks like the the white with red stripes is back for next season, which I like. I like it a lot. I don't know how you guys feel about that. I, you know, I I, I don't. I, I thought this year's black was pretty pretty sweet. But uh, I always liked it, that to have that traditional white alternative jersey for Benfica. Love it, absolutely love it. It looks like the exact same as it was a uh, the when was it wet uh, white and red? That's probably what Gaetan's last season. I think fifteen sixteen. Yeah. yeah, we had that beautiful, that beautiful white with the red shorts. Yeah, but look, what I'll say is this, Alfred: you must have a lot of time on your hands, my man, because every year, you you get not you, we get these tweets, these pictures of the jerseys. What we all ninety percent accurate, it says, and then and then it never shows up. And then we're gonna get a pink, we're gonna get a black with some silver. No, we don't have no idea. I mean, look, it's nice. I believe, I believe, two things that should never be touched. Red shirt, white shorts, red socks for home games. White shirt, red shorts, white socks, or it could be well, white socks to make it. Th- That's how I grew up on Benfica yeah. back in the days, right? Those two. Now you want to give me an alternate shirt, a black, a pink, a red, a yellow, a red. Well, we already got it, but you know what I mean. Uh, you want to give me? Remember a couple years? Not a couple, but like in that, we had that stupid blue. I actually have it here, hanging in my in my studio. That blue. With the big, I think it was Sapo. I don't even know. I got it. Yeah. I got it. Right? That that was ugly. But you want to give me that ugly shit? Go ahead. As long as my home is red, my away is white, we're good. Those two things should never be touched. The yeah. alternate, the alternate, they give me zebras. They give me whatever the hell they want. I don't care. But those two things should never be touched, guys. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. That's all I got. Dave, Shannon, anything from you guys? Congratulations to the women's uh, futsal team. That are uh, like five or six time champions. <laughs> I was gonna go watch that right now. You just screwed it up for me. I'm not even gonna waste my time no more. I had it recorded. I had a record on my Verizon box. I got. Um, are they joining the Super League now with all these uh, championships? Yeah, baby. <laughs> That's all I got for this week and for you guys. Uh, no tends- joke from you this week, bro. I'm super Dave. Normally he gives us a joke, but not this time. Yeah, this no joke. The joke, the joke is going to be on the title of the, this podcast. It is. It's going to be cock blocked. <laughs> what do you guys think about that? That's going to be the title to the podcast. Yeah, what is that? Dave? That's a good one, Alfredo. I'm telling you, I think records should hire you because their job. Recordo the or, or, uh, you know, record or Sam JV. Sam comes up with really fucking great. Yeah, that's why you're not good for there because they already got somebody good. We're talking (laughs) record. Record needs help. Record needs help with the covers. That's where you come and play, my friend. That's where you got you. Got it. All right, everyone. At 10 CO10 at 87 DO87 at Podcast is where you can find us on Twitter and everywhere else on social media. Take care, everyone. Thanks for checking us out. As always, next week we'll be back. We'll break down some games. We'll look ahead to other games. And maybe we'll discuss a little bit more about the, the now defunct Super League. Take care, everyone. Later. Love you guys. Bye. Even the ugly ones.